Welcome to the Her Define podcast, here to help you define your own means of success. Do you have ambitious career goals but are feeling lost, confused, or even frustrated with where you're currently at? Maybe you have a passion to start your own business but don't know how to achieve it. Hi, I'm Juliana and I've been right where you are at several points in my life. During these times, I've turned to inspiring and ambitious women for guidance to point me in the right direction and lead me to a solution. Each week, here on Her to Find, a successful entrepreneurial or businesswoman will share her real-life experiences and insights while defining the ways in which she achieved success. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get into it. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Her to Find podcast. How's everyone's week been? Shocking if you live in Ontario, but we are back in lockdown. My feelings around that are a little bit, I don't really know if I even have feelings about it anymore. It's sort of just like the way it is. But I think a lot of people are feeling frustrated, sad, defeated, angry. What else is there? Hopeless? <laughs> Unmotivated? Am I, am I missing any? Just shout them out if you're listening to this right now of how you're feeling. Yeah, it's really frustrating to be back here in yet another lockdown and to be honestly the exact same spot as where we were last year. That's what's so frustrating. It's, it's almost it's like, what was the point of that past year? What has happened? Nothing. <laughs> so yeah, if you're feeling like that, I am right there with you and I'm sending you a big hug, lots of love. And I went to grab a book uh, when things were open last week to prepare for one of my guests, upcoming guests. And I also came across another book, um, and the title of it was 101 Life Lessons Without the Bullshit. And I was like, yep, that sounds perfect for me. Uh, let me just skim through this, and it's by Humble the Poet. I'll have it in today's show notes if you want to go grab it. And I was just skimming through it, and I came across this one quote, and it really stuck out to me, and it really, I really wanted to include it in today because I felt like everyone could probably benefit from it. Now, I hope I'm not going to get in trouble for reading a part of someone else's book, but I mean, I credited it and everything. So if you want to go buy the book, just go buy it. Thanks so much. But I will share a little bit of it with you because I think everyone's, everyone's needing something right now, some sort of motivation. So it says, when I think of hope, I think of a beautiful balloon floating around just out of reach. It's wonderful to look at, but so delicate that the slightest bit of reality will pop it. We all love hope. It's a motivator and sometimes a main factor in helping us keep our composure. We read about people in horrible situations who survived because, according to them, they never gave up hope. For the rest of us, though, however, on a day-to-day -day basis, hope is that long, four-letter word we put in between where we are and where we want to be. Instead of having hope, I encourage you to have faith, not in the things around you, but in yourself. Don't believe things will work out. Believe you can do what's necessary to make things work out. And I think for me, this quote was so prevalent was because one, I have a tattoo that literally says, keep the faith. And the whole reason I got it was, you know, I have the power to make sure that I'm going to get through the shit that comes my way or anything that, you know, isn't going to go my way. And I hope that even if we're feeling right now, I, I just said, I hope I have faith. I have faith that even though we're feeling so down right now and we're just in what feels like a very, very big glow, we're going to get through it. And, you know, instead of us, 
Like 100% we're allowed to have our feelings and feel our feels. And especially if you own a small business right now, everything that you are feeling and that you're experiencing is valid, probably more valid than some others. But if you are in a very big low right now, I encourage you to find whatever else you have left in yourself and make sure that you know you have faith in yourself that things you're going to get through it. It it probably is going to suck. It does suck right now. But you know, maybe flip the way that you're thinking about it. And again, that's probably so much easier said than done. But if we all sort of flip the way that we're thinking about this whole lockdown or whatever bad situation comes our way and maybe look at it as like, oh, well, now because I have so much time, I can do A, B, and C, or I can spend time with my family. Maybe not during COVID, but, you know, maybe over FaceTime or, you know, maybe I can have more time to myself and maybe I can take up that hobby that I kept putting aside for all these years because I never, never had time, you know? So just have faith that, you know, things will work themselves out and they'll work themselves out because you are making sure that they do. Does that help? (laughs) I really don't even know if that helps or if that's just like, holy shit, Jay, just shut up. But if that did help you, then I'm glad. If it didn't, just skip through it and pretend I didn't say anything. (laughs) So today's guests are a badass duo who are redefining what it means to be a part of an empowering female community. Sarah Singleton and Terry Canestraro launched Females Who Side Hustle back in January 2019, a community to support, educate, and empower those who hustle. Females Who Side Hustle, also referred to as FUISH, is rooted in having open conversations, shared experiences, and celebrate collaboration over competition. In just two years, Sarah with an H and Terry with one R and one I have connected with over 7,000 female hustlers. They've launched their merch shop, and they've just begun their podcast, Save Her Seat, which is ranked under the top 20 entrepreneurship podcasts. In today's episode, we discuss how to throw your own intimate yet impactful networking event, what to say to your friends and family who may not understand your passion, and how to respect your business partner's creative process. So let me start off with, you have a podcast episode on how you two met. And if any of the listeners want to hear more on that link, that will be included in today's show notes. However, I'm sure you two will tell a story better. Can you summarize how you two met and how Fuish came to be? Absolutely. Yeah, we love this question. So Terry here, yes, with one R and an I. So basically, you're right. 2019, um, just prior to that in 2018, I was off on maternity leave with my daughter. And well before that, uh, Sarah was actually one of my students and then became a colleague. So we, we were colleagues for quite a few years, always stayed in touch. We both had a similar side hustle. And then when I went on my maternity leave, um, I needed someone to refer my clients to. And Sarah was just an easy fit. We have the same values. She's very creative. She's awesome. Her vibe, I'm sure everyone knows, is just so great. So I was like, oh, my clients would love her because referring clients from your own business to somebody else when you can't do it is very daunting. Um, so we definitely, uh, or I definitely was like, I need, like, I need somebody that can be another Terry. And Sarah was, was that person. So Again, um, off on mat leave and uh, again, kind of still when I was on my mat leave, I was doing little things on the side and I really did feel that 
what I was doing and the path I was taking in my life with having a full time as well as a side hustle or multiple side hustles at some points, there was just a spot where I felt that I could go and feel accepted and talk about my wins, talk about my struggles and have support. So I just kind of had this idea and it wasn't even females who side hustle. Like it, it was just this burning sensation to say, Hey, like there's gotta be other people out like out there like me. And because I had referred my clients to Sarah, um, when I came back from my maternity leave, I'm like, we need coffee. I have this idea. And I just brain dumped and I <laughs> didn't even really string words correctly together. And you can see Sarah, she's like smiling and then nodding and eyes getting bigger. And she's like, like females who side hustle. And I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) we've just had a baby. Like it was delicious. So I was like, that's it. I can't think of anything else. So we had a one hour coffee. Uh, Sarah is our, um, aesthetics, social media, creative guru, as we will chat a little bit more about. She is the girl for that. So she went home and after our nine to five, and I think, you know, she gets home at like five ten, five eleven. I had a graphic in my inbox. Um, <laughs> I love it. Text. Yeah. And it was our original logo, um, color scheme. Everything was there. And, and that's how females who side hustle was born. And the funny kind of thing about that, we had zero idea what it was. We just knew there was a need for people to use their voice and be like us and, but be their own person too. Right. So I, we just were like, what is this going to be? Okay. Let's start an Instagram. So we started Instagram and it kind of took off from there and I'll let Sarah finish the rest of that. Yeah. So from the get go, like Terry said, like as my professor, she was always a mentor to me, someone I looked up to in the industry of events. And it's funny enough, I came into the program that I was taking event management as post-grad and I was like no way am I doing weddings I converted her and don't I come out doing weddings Um, (laughs) but like like Terry said we then became colleagues and when we met about this and we always stayed connected and I've always said we've had this connection yeah um it's like almost weird (laughs) but just drawn to each other to create like we have while we're so similar we have our strengths and weaknesses that really complement each other and I think that's why we work so well in our partnership but I fully intended for it to be all online like an online community I loved that aspect I was into Instagram, but nowhere as much as what even Instagram is now. Um, let's see, like back then, even though only two years ago. <laughs> Big difference, but it, it, and Terry's the more I want to say the more outgoing, the more people person. Not that I'm not a people person. <laughs> let's just say I'm, I'm an extrovert. Shy. She's yeah. an introvert. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, online, this will be great. Like for me, I was like, friending ain't easy in your early 20s. I was 21 when I started in the college at my big girl job. And I just found there wasn't that demographic that I wanted to connect with people who were doing what I was doing, but I didn't want to have those like party friends anymore. So I really wanted a space that I was surrounded by people like like minded, like we say, and motivated towards their careers. So 
once we put it out online and it really like started picking up, people were like, when, you, when can we meet in person? And I was like, oh God. And I was like, yeah, like tomorrow. <laughs> and Sarah's like, oh, well, um, <laughs> give me some time. I yeah. need like 30 days. Warm yes. into it. <laughs> but really like we have just kind of run with it. So when people now ask us like, oh, like you've shifted to all online with the pandemic. I'm like, we've really come full circle because we, from the beginning, intended it for to be an online community. So for us, yeah, it's been one um, roller coaster, but we've always maintained our why and what we love and, and the goal of connecting women across industries to be able to say, you know, we always said like, you always hear, oh yeah, I've got a guy for that. I got it. Like someone's talking and wanting to reference someone. We want to be able to say like, we've got a gal for that, like across industries. So that's what we're working towards every day. I love it. Can you also sort of explain the the experience of when you did your first in-person event and actually like a meetup? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> this is actually a very funny story. So we, yeah, finally decide, okay, we've got, we're two event planners, like we should be doing something in person. So we make this kind of idea, we draft up this in person and we, and from the get go, we wanted everything we do to feel very intimate. We wanted everyone to be able to share their voice, be able to have a platform to talk. So we've never been like, let's have 10,000 people in a room. We're always very intimate. Yeah, we always said like intimate yet impactful. Like yeah. We want to have the people who show up to feel like they can engage and be a part of it and that you are not just a ticket number. You- so we, ha- we get this idea and we have this first event and then I'm like, my background is like finding speakers. So I'm like, who are we like, who's going to talk? Like, what's the topic going to be? And Sarah's like, it's going to be like us. And I was like, Oh, like, what do you mean us? Like I've never been in front of anybody doing anything. And it's funny because I'm a full-time professor at a college, but that's, that's a different brain for me. Right. I'm like, who wants to hear me? So long story short, where I kind of agree to it and I'm just like, this is weird, but okay, fine. And we do have a really cool story. And the more I tell my story, I realize that my story is very relatable to people and same with Sarah. So we go through all the logistics and we get people and we get snacks and we set up the room and everything's great. And Sarah's like, yes. So I thought I would like ask you the questions (laughs) and like, (laughs) you're going to answer them. I'm like, what? I said, I thought this was going to be more like collaborative. She's like, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Everything's going to be fine. And then I was in the hot seat and Sarah was the moderator. And it was, it was pretty funny, but again, impactful. And from there, it was just, we made those connections and we stayed connected to the people who came in our DMs. And then they referred uh, to other people. And that's how we grew. And then, yeah, we had a, a couple coffee meetups, which were lovely, which again, we love that we can do that in a space that we live, but we love to connect with other people also. So that wouldn't have worked for the people we have in Ottawa and Vancouver and London, right? It doesn't work that way. So we loved that part of it. And that was part of our journey. And we totally embrace that. But being virtual um, in this atmosphere has really accelerated our um, ability to connect a, a little bit on a larger scale. Terry, you mentioned you started your side hustle experience. Uh, you felt like those around you couldn't relate to how hard you were working and you also felt alone. Can you elaborate on these feelings and what advice you gave to yourself then? Yeah, of course. So I 
oddly always felt very alone in anything that I did. I was usually the only girl on, you know, male or boy sports teams. And I always had a very diverse group of friends. And so that's just kind of how I plowed through life. But um, when it came to like side hustling and like adulting, yeah, there was a lot of times where my passion um, wasn't understood by people around me and they're the people I love. They're my warm circle and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, I'm, I'm built differently. I have a different drive than some of the people around me and different visions and, and goals that I want to achieve in life. So when I was side hustling, it was, um, essentially I was doing my nine to five, um, which is a really, you know, intense job. I, I have a lot of things to do outside of the classroom. And then I would go on my weekends and take two weddings, like take two clients on. So I wasn't, you know, texting a lot in the group chats. And I wasn't, uh, sometimes I'd be like, Oh, I'm really sorry. Like, I can't make it to the dinner because I have a rehearsal dinner for my client. And people saw that as I wasn't invested in the friendship. And people saw that as like, what? why do you do so much? And it was really hard for me to articulate. It's just my passion. It makes me happy. And just recently, I figured out that I have different cups to fill. And my cups are, if I want to relate it to coffee, water, uh, you know, wine, I want to say, and tea is I've got four cups and different things fill those cups. And I want those cups filled because it completes me as a person. So I have recently been, been saying that out loud to people and they're kind of understanding a little bit more. But what advice I gave to myself was my feelings were real. My happiness was real. I did this to build a foundation. I didn't know what that foundation looked like, but now that we have Fuish, I know it's Fuish. Like I worked so hard to be able to understand what drives me. And so when times kind of do get tough, um, when you're (laughs) balancing and juggling a lot in life, I can go back to my why and I can understand that I have purpose in everything that I do to fill these cups and I wouldn't change that for the world. So it wasn't very evident then, but it is now. So I'm really happy I kept at it. You two are crazy busy. Terry, you're you're a mom, a professor, and co-founder. And Sarah, you're an event planner, social media whiz, and also co-founder. How do you balance it all? And what are your tips for listeners in regards to balancing everything? Yeah, I think, I mean, I often say like, it's rarely a a balance for me. It's a juggle some days and that's okay. Um, You don't always have to have a perfect balance of everything. And to think back when we were first starting Female Two Side Hustle, I was at a very, very low point in my life, I want to say. Like, I just came off of like a really bad breakup and I just was feeling super down on myself. And I was like, you know, I'm just like not going to do anything else. I always had so many things on the go. And I was like, I'm just going to take this time and go to work and go home and spend time with my best friend and my family and just get back on track in like my mindset. And like, I think the next day, Terry had emailed me like, <laughs> coffee. And I was like, all right, back on the I'm very thankful for that because it's truly to do nothing as like not me. And I don't think that that would have benefited me in my mindset at all. But it is like you have to find a groove that's good for you. Some people are like Terry said, are always like, why do you do so much? And it's like, that's what brings you joy. That's what brings you happiness. And that's what keeps you going. I'm very into right now, especially with the pandemic of um, 
time blocking. So I found sometimes with work from home, you it's great to be at home. I do love it, but there are added distractions at some points. So to be able to block off certain amounts of time to do certain things. And I've said this before, I think on our podcast that the Skinny Confidential was saying, I was listening that they, what Lauren does is blocks off time to create. She blocks off a certain amount of time in her calendar because you gravitate towards doing what you love and what you're good at. And so I always found myself like if I had to do my expenses or something with finances that I'm not necessarily love doing, like Terry handles a lot of that stuff on the back end because that's not my jam. I know what's important and I will sit down if she's like, okay, this hour we're banging out our finances. But I would, if I had a choice be creating graphics and making our Instagram and putting out blog posts. Like that's what I love doing and creating. So allotting myself that time knowing, okay, I have this three hours blocked off that I can just dive right into creating has really, really helped um, me with my balance. I think mine comes with age. (laughs) So I am 10 years older than Sarah and I love it sometimes, but also it I feel old. I don't know. It is. It's It's only when I'm like, oh, I'm eating dinner dinner. at 10 o'clock. I'm like, oh, I'm gone to bed. Like (laughs) we share a lot how Sarah, like I'll wake up to text messages from like two in the morning. Sarah's like, oh, I found this and we got this and this is what we have to do tomorrow. And I was like, I'm sleeping. And then I wake up, I shoot text messages back and I know I'm going to get a response soon. So we have a fun dynamic like that. But for me, it really is. I'm very intuitive. I listen to my body and I'm just super kind to myself because no one else is going to be as kind to you as you can be to yourself. So I just listen to myself. Um, I'm getting better at asking for help, um, communication, you know, if that's with my husband, because when we launched our memberships for Fuish, like that was a bit of an intense period where balancing was very difficult. So I said, listen, the next month, I'm going to be on my computer a lot and I'm going to be be there for the kids. But if I could just, could you just take on dinners or like I'll do dinners for the next month after that, if you could just take this month and he's our biggest supporter. So it's really easy to do that for me, but listening to your body when you're tired, rest, when you're energized, run with it. Um, your body really is it's smart. It's very, very smart. So it'll tell you how to balance things. You just have to listen to it. And I will also say touching on that because there is like that old school hustle culture that you're grinding 24 seven. And because we are females who side hustle, we don't believe in that. Like we're not forcing that down anyone to say you need to be grinding 24 seven, 365 days a year. That's not what we're about. We're about like putting in the time to your hustle and I think in the past year, I've gone really towards my energy and I relate it. So like as a tip for your listeners, anyone who maybe has gone through um, their post-secondary education, we're, we have that in our backgrounds of our full-time jobs. But in allotting the energy like you would in your syllabus that you get back and say, this project's worth 50%, this project's worth 20%, like, what are your tasks worth so that you know the energy and the time that you need to allot to that? Because that will really change up I think you are, I want to say like tiredness or like yeah. what you're putting into each task doesn't need to be, I don't want to say it doesn't need to be a hundred percent. Cause I definitely give a hundred percent to everything, but I don't have to work on something for 24 straight hours. The same that I work on something for um, like half a day or whatever. Both recovering perfectionists. Oh. So I, there's this one <laughs> quote and it's like done is better than perfect. 
And that's the case sometimes. And that's a reality, I think, of entrepreneurship as well, that you have to get a grasp on that some things are just done better than perfect. It, it doesn't have to be perfect every single time. Who inspires the two of you? We looked at each other when we were kind of like going through the questions and we both looked at each other. We're like, Fleesh does like our community. Like it's, I was like, does that sound cheesy? Like, I don't want to cheesy. And she's like, no, it's true. And it is true. Getting the DMS being asked on your podcast, um, seeing people launch their Instagrams when they reached out to you prior to even just, Hey, what do you think about my name? And then you see them launch their Instagram and then you see them get their first sale. And then you see them launch their website. Like those things put peps in our steps. Like we are just so like, like we literally pick up the phone most times and we're like, did you see so-and-so they just did this? Like for us to see you on the charts, cause we check our charts as well for the Save Receipt podcast. I'm like, Oh my God, who to find? I love it. Thanks guys. Yeah. So community is just what fuels us. They inspire us every day to do better and share content and be real. And we, honestly, every day, thank our lucky stars that we have our Felicia community. Yeah. And I think that it's those messages, like Terry said, that we get, like someone had messaged me last night, Hey, are, are you free to talk business? And I'm like, any time, any place, always. So it's those people that are taking that leap on, on themselves that maybe I wish I did earlier in life that I'm like, that is inspiring to me. And then those questions that people ask, whereas I don't know that I would have asked those questions or had anyone to ask that I'm like, this is the content we need to put out. So we really do like, we're here to serve our community. So that's exactly who inspires us. Terry, you mentioned in one of your episodes that you knew you couldn't build Fuij on your own and that you needed a partner. What is your advice when working with someone else on your side hustle? So I, um, I say the saying like, trust your gut a lot. And as much as I came to Sarah with this, like, like what I think is like this tiny little microscopic idea that's built what we have. I knew going into it, like I already vibed with her. Um, but I didn't know again, how, and how fast we should grow and what this, what our journey was going to be. But along the way, the most open conversations. We are in two separate areas of our life or periods of our life. I have, I'm married with two kids. Um, She isn't. (laughs) She has a crazy cat that sometimes makes me feel better when I'm like, Olivia's being crazy or Evan's being this. And she's like, "Uh, well, my cat did this. I'm like, sweet. Okay. We're relatable. This is good. So having open conversations, and I really do think this one is a big one, really being thoughtful and mindful of your partnership. My brain works differently than Sarah's and hers works differently than mine. And being able to say to her, um, she knows now when I say brain dump coming and I just vomit all over text message to her. And I used to get anxiety about that. I used to be like, oh, I don't want her to think that I'm telling her to do these things. And I don't want her to... I just say to her, I'm having these like thoughts I need to get out. You're my person. They're happening. Revisit them whenever you need to. And she knows that. And she understands sometimes where dinner time for me is a no go to work. Like, I think I called you last night and I was FaceTiming her and I was like, looked at the clock and I was like, shit. (laughs) I was like, I just realized I'm calling like, she's like, oh my God, it's dinner. And I was like, well, it's still on the stove. We're good. Like, what do you need? And then I respect that 
she's brain dumping to me, um, you know, midnight sometimes and I'm sleeping and she's, I respect her creative process beyond. Like I, I trust everything she does in that area. So if she doesn't come to me for every single thing, it's because we trust each other and we understand that. And I think to go off of that is that I said it before, but we have a very complementary skill set. Yeah. My strengths are Terry, Terry's weaknesses in and vice versa to a to a degree. But you give each other that space to do things. Like Terry will send me a reel that she made and she's like, is this good? I'm like, that's amazing. Like, let's go <laughs> put it out there. I'm not the only one creating anything. And Terry always says, Oh, like you're better at this than me when it's social media. I'm like, you give me the content. Like I'll say to her, like, I need some content. And she'll send me a million different things, quotes, vibes, anything. And I'll just make it look aesthetically pleasing. So you do feed off each other and well together, but you do have that. I don't, I don't want to say like unwritten knowledge, but like we didn't sit down and say, you're going to do this, 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 I'm going to do this, this, this. Cause at the beginning we were kind of like, okay, are you like the, like, director of relations and logistics <laughs> and I'm this and this. And we're like, that doesn't really that doesn't fit, fit for us. us. We know who's who would be the lead on things, but we always debrief. There's nothing that's going on. Like I say, I don't um, per se love the finances route because I just know that, like I said, that's not my strength. But it's not to say I'm not sitting in on every meeting mm-hmm. and I'm not there asking Terry the questions or, okay, what do you need? Can I, can I watch you doing it? Like you can't check out of those things that you aren't maybe that good at. Yeah. That doesn't feel good be, in a partnership. You need to be sure. involved in it because I don't want her feeling like, Oh, it's all on her either. I definitely. And one other advice for your listeners, cause I know a partnership is not something that like, it's scary to people, but sometimes they're, they're not in that situation. And it's not like, Oh, I'm going to go find you, you, you be my partner, you know, like it doesn't work that way, but that's where we bring in collaboration over competition. And that's where we say, Hey, you're a podcaster. You're your own podcast. So connect with other podcasters and it's not a partnership, but you are going to feed off of each other the way Sarah and I feed off each other within the walls of our business. So that's where that um, sort of term came from. There's definitely different levels to that uh, term, but that's the one thing that I can say is because partnership is kind of scary and we just organically fell into it and it works. So we're blessed by all means. I know that some partnerships haven't worked and they don't vibe, but I I just think that the collaboration over competition, reaching out to like-minded people and asking the questions and following their journey and, and sharing things within that little umbrella, then I think um, you can get the same benefits out of it as we do in a partnership. I think also I see a lot of people before we had our partnership who I'd be like, oh, they're best friends. They run this business. And I remember I thought that with the girls, the Lemon Collective. So they did our website. We've had them on the podcast. And I was like, they're best friends. And they started this business. How cool. But they weren't. Like they worked together and then they started and now they're best friends. And that's what people say about me and Terry. Mm -hmm. I'm like, like, love Terry, but no offense. We we weren't you weren't my friend. No. You weren't (laughs) my mentor. You were someone I looked up to in business. You were a colleague, someone I got along with, but we weren't best friends, but we've grown to be within our business. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important because it's different when you become best friends in business than when you go into business with your best friend. Yeah. It's just, it's different. It's harder to navigate, not saying people can't do it. I just don't know that it would be for me because it's, it's tough. 
So this also goes back to the previous point of you two working so well together. Have you two ever had a disagreement? And if so, how did you come to a resolution? It's so funny because when I saw this, I was like, disagreement. And I think of disagreement as like yelling or something. And we've definitely never gotten in a a disagreement, yelling, anything, but we've had different views and opinions on what we should do in business. And maybe that that's what people should start seeing as disagreements because it doesn't mean that you're having this huge blowout. And yeah, so we, we've definitely had them. I think you need to have a mutual respect for your partner and that our why has always stayed the same and our mission and our values are the same between us. So our end goal is the same. So it's never a disagreement that ends sour or that is like, tabled for life. It's just something that you hash out the pros and cons. You decide on what's best for the business, what's best for the end goal, because that's all the same. And I think that's how we navigate it. If you have an example. Yeah. My one example for this is I'll never forget it because I ended up feeling so bad about it. And then Sarah, like, as soon as I verbalized it to Sarah, Sarah's like, what? No way. So And that's another tip for partners is just verbalize things and understand that like they might not be taking it that way. But my one example was when in 2020, January, uh, January 31st is our um, Fleesh birthday. So I had this dream of starting a podcast and Sarah jumped on board. And so we're talking logistics, right? So how often do we do it? Like, what is it going to be structure, all this stuff. And Sarah was a like avid podcast. I would listener. say I jumped on board to this podcast thing <laughs> reluctantly because yeah. I was the person who listened to podcasts and I don't think Carrie had ever listened I to didn't. a podcast. I didn't. I hadn't listened anyway. to one. <laughs> but she was like, I really think that we need a podcast. And I was like, whoa. Like, I didn't know anyone who podcast. I didn't know what went into it. And I was like, let's pump the brakes a little bit because we've got a lot going on. So I was like, no go. And then I was like, okay, okay, okay. Let's Let's talk this out. And so in the logistics part of it, Sarah's like, okay, like we got to put an episode out every week. And I was like, no, like I, I can't commit to that. Like I, I was just like, no, like, can we please just do every other week? And she's like, well, you know, I listened to it and this and gave the reasons why. And I say it out loud. I thought I was being selfish. I was just like, I don't know that I have the capacity to take on a commitment every week I've got, I'm like a mom, I'm full time. We've got all all these things happening. So can we please just do it this way? And she, you know, hummed and hawed and gave her points, but then she was like, okay, like I understand. And when I articulated that to her a little while later, she was just like, you weren't being selfish. You were, it was for the business. You knew that you needed other capacities Mm -hmm. for our business. So you were actually doing it for us, but I should have listened to her from the beginning. It's it's very smart to do them every week. It fits with our audience. Our audience can handle it. That wasn't a disagreement, but it was just one example where it happened and Sarah bend a little bit better, like a little bit more. And she, we came to that agreement. And then as soon as like, I don't even know if I was like, Sarah, should we do every week? And I'm like, oh, great idea. Yeah, and I like later on I was like, oh damn it. That was your idea. It's just I do think like if you do value your partnership and you have that mutual respect that you understand that your partner has other things outside of your business going on, you both need to be committed to it. And I don't think that Terry wanting to do every other week opposed to every week lessened her commitment to female suicide. So that's where I can say, you know what, yes. All right, we'll pull back, we'll do this. And it, like I said before, it, it's not tabled forever and no. 
So we'll revisit, we'll check our numbers, we'll see what we can do, we'll see how ahead we get and what capacity we feel. And then we ended up putting them out weekly. And now we're going to be putting them out twice a week. So, oh, yay, snaps for that. That's an exclusive for you. We haven't announced. It's just you, we always say you grow with your business, you make decisions along the way, and you're allowed to go back on those and revisit it. So I think that's um, the best way to navigate those quote unquote disagreements that need to not be looked at negatively. You two are strong advocates for being compensated for your side hustle or passion, and you both successfully monetize Fuish with your memberships, merchandise, and podcast advertisements. What are your tips for listeners who are looking to monetize? First of all, that we released and launched Females Who Side Hustle with no intention of bringing in any money. And I think that's important if you start something with the intent of, well, I go back and forth because I'm like, sometimes you want to start a business because you want to bring in more income and that's totally fine. But if you're doing something that's passion led and for other people and you're serving other people, it can't be only fueled by that. Like it needs to be passion driven. And so I think in terms of advocating is that in entrepreneurship, a lot of people, and especially women, are the first question or a common question we get is, how do you price yourself? And I've asked that question a million times. And would you pay that? Like, I don't know about asking for this much. And then there's the paying for your time. Because just because you love doing something and you're passionate about it, you're like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Okay, but like, like get paid for it. Um, and then on the flip side of that, so I, I don't know that it's great wholesome advice on one side or the other but I think you shouldn't be afraid of doing things for free either because like we said we put out a lot of information and a lot of things for free because it brings value and I think that you connect with other people that stems some sort of mentorship and yeah you have to be willing to put that that work in as well but I don't think you should be afraid to be asked to ask for payment because you won't know until you ask. Like people can't read your mind. People don't know. I think don't ever be afraid to ask. Like an example I can give um, in this past year, I've been really adamant about increasing my financial knowledge. And so I make sure I listen to a podcast on finances or I watch a documentary or I bring in like some sort of knowledge to myself and the content that I'm consuming for my finances. And that's down to like watching a TikTok about it. And I watched one that was like, okay, you're getting these messages on Instagram. You always see those ones. Like, do you want to collab? Do you want to do this? People who are like, well, I want to send you product and you post about it and the product's free. And I'm like, that's great. Like in kind things, like that's the norm. And this one girl on TikTok was like, no, before you respond, say, hey, send me details in an email and solidify it a little more than over the DMs and then get their ask, know what they actually want from you. They want to, to, this one company wanted to send me a product. They wanted me to try it and to post about it and tag them. And I just said, back to them as per this TikTok recommended that you should say, I'd really love to create some high quality assets for you and, and send it back to you. Do you have a budget or a campaign for this? And they wrote back, yeah, for sure. We'd love to do this many for this, this amount. And it's like, I was willing to do it for free. I was just wondering because then not that I'm going to put more work into it, but I would create maybe a reel or something else if they had that capacity for it. So I think just being able to get confident in asking, and that takes obviously time, but 
Yeah. And I think just to summarize what Sarah was saying, we say this verbiage a lot is just know your worth. And for a service-based, so my event planning was service-based and I did not, you know, price myself accordingly early on and you learn. So as long as you can reflect on what you do, then you're going to get more comfortable with asking and putting that out there. And how I ever broke down my pricing and saying to a bride, okay, here's my basic pass package. You ask for XYZ above that. That's this amount of money. And these are the reasons why. And I would say it takes me X amount of time to do this. I don't have a vendor, preferred vendor for this. So I, it's going to take me time to find that person. I, include my gas while I drive to your house for the meeting, to the Starbucks for the meeting. So being able to just, I don't want to say justify, but really have that down pat and know why you're charging things or you're like Sarah's case, she knows that she can produce quality content and she knows how much that, um, you know, she can do and how, how good it will actually look for that company. So that's why she's asking. And so I do feel like as soon as you can, you break that down. I feel like people are scared of numbers, but as soon as you write them down and you you figure that out, then you're really confident in saying it because you know you're not cheating them out of money because you know that that's the actual amount that it's going to cost you to get that thing done. Mm-hmm. And I would say in my early stages, like when I first started doing social media management, I had my packages set out that I would offer and then someone would be like, oh, like, okay, like, could you do stuff for like my business card? And I'd be like, oh yeah, sure. Whereas now... I've grown in that role. And I said, Oh yeah, I have this kind of a la carte menu to add a business card on. It's this much. So you do like grow. I keep saying you keep growing with your business, but you do like you learn as you go and you go with your business and you add these things in. You don't have to stay just because if I charged what I charged for weddings when I first started, I would be (laughs) broke because I would be working for free. So you're allowed to uh, make changes as you go. Sarah, I found you uh, actually a while ago, just because of your Instagram. It was aesthetically pleasing and you look like someone I genuinely want to hang out with. What do you love about Instagram? I think it's, you know, what's funny is that social dilemma came out and I had so many people send it to me because they knew I was very active on social media and that I did social media management and they're like, this is your job. Like, how do you feel this way? And I'm like, I don't like, I I understand the point of view of it. And I understand that it can be um, overwhelming and that comparison game can come into play. And I definitely have my days of that, but I get very excited every time I go online as who can I connect with? Who's doing what? Like, I think it, once you flip your mindset to be that hype girl in someone else's corner, I don't feel like I need to compare myself to what someone else is doing because they're doing something I could do it as well. And it's going to be different and and vice versa. So I just love the connection. And I love that you have, we have never had so much, so close to like the tips of our fingers. Right. Like when we started podcasting for Save Her Seat, we wanted to podcast in person. That was the vibe we wanted. We had a podcast booth in Oakville that we would go to our guests to. And then the pandemic hit and we were, had to go online and we were kind of bummed. And then we got to see who we could reach with being virtual and, and there's so many people and I would just shoot my shot over Instagram. Like I say, I'm more shy and it takes me a while to like warm up to someone. And if I had to network in person, it takes me a little more like I need like that security blanket there. That's Terry. (laughs) And 
on Instagram, I have no shame. I will slide in anyone's DMs, say, hey, I loved what you were doing. I'd love to chat further or like, please know, like, we'd love to talk to you about this, this, this. We're watching what you're doing. Get after it. Like anything. You just need to put yourself out there because what's someone going to say? Like, oh, why are you complimenting me? Why are you being so kind? I feel sorry. <laughs> okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I just think... The opportunities of Instagram are endless. And as long as you can have that mindset that you're not getting caught up in the comparison, because I would never want it to be damaging to someone else's mental health um, and know when you have to step away. But if you have that balance for yourself and it can help you. What's the most valuable piece of advice you've both received? Well, mine, and I thought about this question and I'm going to give advice that I been telling myself for a while. I'm not sure how it came to be in my head, but what I've kind of been living the last uh, little bit of my life um, by is I don't want to wake up when I'm 60 or 65, 70 years old, and the majority of my life has gone by and say, where did it go? Because time flies Years go by super. We've already been in a year of a pandemic from working from home, like mind blown. Okay. So I want to do the things that I want to do. I want to try the things that pop into my head and I'm going to do that. So when I am 70, 75, and I'm hopefully in like my Mexican, you know, house somewhere on a beach, cause that's my dream. I'm going to be like, I did this, 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 and this. And I want to have stories to be able to tell people whoever will listen to me um, at that point. So that's my advice to myself and to your listeners. Um, Just really just do the things that you want to do. It is such a rewarding feeling. Yeah. And mine weirdly goes in with that because it's something that Terry taught me when I was a student. The first thing I remember she ever said in a lecture to me was trust your gut especially as it pertains to the events industry, but even beyond that now. And I remember first being like, well, how do I know? Like, how do you know that gut feeling? Like, what is that gut feeling? And for me, it's those ideas that drive. I, I hate, I said it to Terry in the last year, like I'm tired of being like behind the curve. Like I'm ahead of it all the time. I always say, I really want to do this. And then I put it on the back burner and then I see someone doing it and I'm like, Dang it. like, why didn't do it. And because you like, I don't want to say you water yourself down, but you're like, Oh, I don't know. So now for me, trusting your gut is like those ideas that come to mind. Those are things that spark you do them because you're having that feeling for, for a reason, reason that you know, you can do it. I definitely agree with that. And when I was listening to one of your episodes and talking about like your intuition and how you two met and everything, this is so meant to be. And recently right now I'm going through a lot of experiences where I'm like, okay, I have this weird sense of calmness about this decision or this thing I need to figure out. I'm just going to keep going with it because it's overwhelming, but I'm just going to follow it. How do you define success or what is your definition of success? (laughs) So fun because we asked this question to our listeners. And when I saw this, I was like, I didn't want to think about it a lot because I was like, we do ask this. So I didn't want to be influenced by what I've heard. So that's why I'm rushing to say it. So I don't, I don't. Sometimes Sarah forgets things. So I'm letting her go. (laughs) I think for, for me, how I define success is that I wake up in the morning and I'm excited to be doing what I do and I am helping someone else. And that's really what makes me feel successful is if something I'm putting out there, someone else is like, I really needed that. I really needed to hear that. And then 
when the people that are closest to me are proud of what I've done. Like I have like my partner in life who's very like, Oh, you're going to blow, you're blowing up. Like you're doing this, you're doing that. Like when they encourage you and, and, or I see them wearing a save her seat hat with all his friends. I'm like, they're proud of you. It's an, it's a good feeling. Yeah, I do. I could totally piggy, piggyback on that. Um, my husband and my kids are completely my inspiration and they would, for sure, define me as success. I definitely think though, and it's been, again, this transition um, in the last couple of years for me, as well as just <laughs> navigating the the craziness of the past year is like just being truly happy. And, and that's what Sarah was saying, waking up and just being like, okay, I got this day. Like what opportunities are going to come my way? And I do feel like a lot of people will claim that they're happy but they're not looking inward and actually feeling happy. Like there's a difference because I do feel like I went through most of my life being like, Oh, you're so happy. Oh, you're so bubbly. But like, I didn't feel anything from it. So success to me is actually feeling, having those feelings of happiness, because as soon as that happens, your confidence, um, you know, kind of increases your relationships get better and then your business might get stronger. And that's when the finances, if you define success as being, you know, rich or famous, well, that's when those opportunities are going to come your way and they're going to be there for a reason. So I think it really just is like an internal sort of thing that happens or has to happen for like success to, to be, you know, at your forefront or your success can actually come to you. One of the many things I love about Fuish is that you value collaboration over competition. Can you elaborate on this concept and why it's so prevalent to you? This is Sarah's jam. I love that she looks at me to go, but I love hearing Sarah talk about this. I just think it's so funny when we started Save Her Sea and I I had people, obviously friends of mine who were males in my life and were like, what about Save His Sea? And I'm like, this has nothing to do with me, first of all. I was like, it's about women and how women are in our society, our world, it's a lot of the times you're pinned against each other and you're forced to compete and that needs to stop. So it's not about kicking men out of the table. It's about more women coming to the table, having each other's backs and supporting each other along the way. And like Terry said, if you aren't sure that you want a partner in your business, be open to collaborations across industries, across people who are working and doing the same thing as you. We had Kyla Nobrega on our podcast of The Babe Creative, and she said it so well. She was like, do not be afraid or intimidated by people in the same space doing the same thing as you, because no one is you. You're going to bring them to the table that they don't. And that's like, I just, I've never understood people tearing other people down. And that's not to say I've been perfect my whole life, but in, in business, you've never like hindered your own success by celebrating someone else. So I just think it's so important that people are able to like celebrate someone else and still know that they can have that success too. And like, imagine, so we're both podcasters, right? So you've got your podcast, we have ours. There's some underlining similarity. So could you imagine you reaching out to us and being like, oh no, like you're our competition. We're having an amazing, riching conversation we, when we started this off air, you told us what number you are on the charts and Sarah and I like jumped off the couch in excitement for you. There's nothing negative. I'm telling you, there is nothing negative. I will bet my life on it coming out of collaboration over competition. If you do try to reach out and collaborate and the person isn't 
responsive or, or they're kind of like, yeah, like, no, thank you. You're going to grow from that situation and you're going to find a more smaller niche that can be your collaboration and your hype girls. Like it's just there, nothing comes wrong from it. 100%. So final question for you too. What are your plans for the future? What are you most excited about or looking forward to? Yes, we are always on the go. We are rounding out 10K on Instagram. So we're looking forward to that. As we always say, like that is a vanity metric, but it's just something that we never even dreamed of when we started Female Suicide Hustle. I was like, oh, maybe we'll get like a couple hundred out here. So to be able to, for us, for me on the social side, I'm like, we'll be able to like share people like swipe Swipe up, up. (laughs) like hello. Like, and so I just hope that, yeah, we'll be able to continue to, to promote other people through that milestone and celebrate others. And then in the spring, so April, we'll be launching um, another branch of Females Who Side Hustle called Females Who Podcast. So it will be a network that really is just there to support and again, collaborate with other women on air um, and to to promote them to hopefully gain some traction. We have a lot of guests uh, inquiries that come that we've already mapped out for our year so maybe to get them onto other podcasts or if they are a better fit for another niche or brand partnerships that come our way that we can say hey but have you heard of this 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 podcast that fits totally for your company so another way to support women in business because podcasting is popping off and we need more females on air yeah and then the other thing that we just so we launched every birthday we tend to just get these crazy ideas so first year uh, birthday we launched the podcast second we launched our memberships and so to grow that really intimate community and really provide higher level um, sort of information and bonding and inspiration and mentorship uh, to those who are in our membership um, we it's always open anyone's allowed to um, sort of come in and make connections and so to see that grow I think is going to be a really great feeling in the future Future. And we did have to, we say postpone, not cancel our first in-person um, conference. And we were pumped for it. It was going to be spectacular, but COVID made us reschedule that twice. Actually, we tried. And so we are having a digital summit in the fall. And we recognize that, yeah, virtual, there are people who are exhausted from this, but we've got a vibe. We we understand that exhaustion part. So we're going to make it very um, digestible and exciting and for more people to connect. So that's one thing that uh, we have on the docket for the fall. Thank you so much for listening to the Her Define podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I want your feedback. Do you have any successful entrepreneurial or businesswoman in your life who should be featured on an episode of Her Defined? If so, send me a DM on Instagram at Her Defined Podcast or by email at herdefinedpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode has been produced and edited by yours truly, Juliana Dallacosta. Be sure to check back next Tuesday for another episode to hear her stories, hear her advice, hear her defined.